In this week's episode of Midlife AF, you're going to meet one of my very favorite people in the whole world, Ellie Crow. Ellie is a This Naked Mind gray area drinking coach like myself. Um, Ellie and I um, stopped drinking around the same time in 2019, 2020, and we met as part of the January 2020 live alcohol experiment. And we've become firm friends, even though we live on opposite sides of the globe. And the reason I wanted to bring Ellie on to talk is because she and I um, have a lot of shared connection over the concept of self. And the idea that we are suffering from a disconnection to self, to our real self, to our inner self. We talk a bit about childhood trauma. And we talk a bit about how drinking seems to take away our pain, to relax us, to numb us, and to allow us to escape from the busyness, the negative self-talk, the internalized, deeply internalized um, wounded soul. (laughs) Then we talk about how hard motherhood can be and the impact of lack of sleep and you know hormonal challenges as well i think you guys are going to like this episode i think you'll enjoy ellie as much as i do she's very relatable mum of three young kids um living in england in cambridge and she runs an amazing podcast called present and sober which we'll talk about um during the podcast episode so over to my birthday twin and soul sister, Ellie Crow. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships, and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol-free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you, saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Oh, how are you, my love? Hi. Um, good actually. I'm a little bit wide awake for this time of night. I'm a little bit, ooh. <laughs> so I don't know what, how this evening's going to pan out later. But <laughs> we'll see. I got a bit excited about seeing you, my friend. Yes, I know. No, me too. Me too. It's um, a nice way to start my day. Aww. So this is my beautiful friend, Ellie, and I love her very much. And she is a cancer like me that's all you need to know 
<laughs> she's a crabby. She's a little crab. And we met three years ago, just over three years ago, at the Live Alcohol Experiment 2020. But we didn't really know each other very well. But we've both been alcohol-free since you were just before, right? And I was just after. Yeah, yeah. So I discovered this naked mind in the beginning of December. And I kind of stopped drinking straight away because I was so enraged at what I discovered about how alcohol doesn't do what it says on the tin. And then chose to mindfully drink a couple of times around Christmas which was really interesting yeah. and went into the alcoholics experiment and oh god what an experience that was wasn't it just can you yeah. believe that three years ago it's crazy isn't it it's crazy <laughs> in that, that amount of time yeah it's it's bizarre. really and is. you're coaching in it now right yes yes yeah we've got another yeah um I think I've coached every January since, which has just yeah. been that. I mean, quite honestly, that was my dream was to be able to go back and coach in the very program where I found freedom. Yeah. And when I got to do that together, the, was that the first time? Yeah. The first, yeah. but the first time we coached in it, and it was just amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then I coached in it last year, and coaching in it now, Absolutely. and yeah, the same the same as it ever was in terms of just high energy just yeah. so so many insights that people are having and it's just it's wonderful yeah come back they've done it before and then fresh fresh new people fresh new blood new blood <laughs> <laughs> and there's you know as, as you know there's a few thousand people in there so it's uh yeah. it's batshit isn't it i remember the first time i did it with you and we were like Oh my God, there's like 2,500 people here. Yeah. Yeah, because I had, I was talking about anxiety and nerves and what have you. And I was saying like that, that first time I coached in it, I had, I think probably two or three sleepless nights beforehand. And going to press that live button for the very first was the most terrifying moment, knowing that there were two nights half thousand people there and uh quite you know almost like instantly that fear and anxiety just changes to this high octane energy excitement wonder or it's just it's just amazing it really is and um, the point of um reference in this uh in this conversation was i was talking about like I remember after we coached that experiment and we met with Annie and I remember thanking her for the opportunity yeah. and I said to her, this is exactly the kind of anxiety inducing incident that would have that I would have had to I've either either had a drink to yeah. take the edge or a Valium like that's what I would have done yeah. and uh she was saying yeah isn't it interesting how when we like we can choose to do that and we will take the edge off the anxiety like we can make it more palatable more comfortable seemingly but then you take the edge off the whole thing she said so you the euphoria the excitement the ecstasy you're feeling having come to the other side of it like if you'd have taken valium or the wine 
you'd have taken the edge off that bit too. And yeah. so, so this it is so true. This choice that we make no longer numb. Yes, it's it's really, really hard to reckon with emotions and circumstances and, and challenges in our life. Yes, it, it, it is. Yeah. But it's all life and energy giving. And I don't think there's any greater that you can give yourself than to be present to your life, the, the entirety of it. 100%. 100%. I agree with you, my lovely. I really do. It's ups and downs and a bit messy a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with children. Yeah. Isn't it just? Mm. Isn't it just? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Al, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then we can we can get into some chat around stuff? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I um, after the alcohol experiment, I or midway through the alcohol experiment, I decided that I wanted to become a coach. I just I just had this desperate passion to spread the word about what I'd discovered and help other mums, particularly people that would be drinking in the way that I was to try and ease the racing mind and check out at the end of the day. And, you know, I've, I've got three young kids and a couple of businesses and, and life is just really hard. Very little social support, lots of hormonal stuff going on too. Yeah. You know, it's like a fucking perfect storm. And so when I discovered that removing alcohol, not like I, I, I'd never even considered it a life choice and then when I did and realized how much better I felt and that my anxiety went away I was just compelled to be able to do anything to help anybody else even if it was just one person to be able to help somebody else so I trained with Annie and um, we trained together over um, that summer of 2020 and then uh, I then went on to train with Jolene Park um, who you've also trained with as well and uh, from there just uh, with gusto my coaching business so initially i did a lot of one-to-one -one coaching and now i'm doing i'd say more group coaching i like to put more women's groups together so that's what i'm in the process yeah. of doing groups are going to start beginning of february Brilliant. and it's just a wonderful opportunity to get like-minded women together so th this is primarily for people that have um stopped drinking or have just taken a break and realised it's even better than they expected it to be, but I have yeah. no idea how to one. And so we we navigate like the first hundred days together, and we learn how to process our emotion. We learn how to regulate our nervous system, and we do that together in a little cosy group. So that's, that's my mainstays group coaching. I do a lot of work for this naked mind too, so coaching a lot of those programs, uh, and then. As you know, my um, my other big passion is the podcast that I uh, that I <laughs> run with, uh, run co-host. It did make me laugh because the picture that you put on the Instagram story was I cut his head off. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> it just it really tickled me this morning because that I, and I put my big big head over the top of it. Over his head replacing mr sam <laughs> I was like, mm. so sam and i originally met training with jolene park and then um, we kept <laughs> his 
business was the sober rebellion my business was pump up the present so the two coming together was present and sober and so we started this podcast off about 18 months ago with no idea what was going to happen with it and it's just been an absolute joy we we just hit half a million downloads we're in the top two podcasts globally which just blows my blows my mind um and and it's and it's wonderful and we get the, the feedback that we get and you'll be feeling this too with your podcast you know you it, it doesn't matter like the numbers and the metrics yeah that's kind of interesting and as i say it blows my mind but it's the thing that's more important and more valuable is the feedback that you get on a daily basis from people saying how you've helped them and how you've supported them and so that that's the meaningful bit but yeah that picture was taken the first time so this was last summer and we'd worked together sam and i'd worked together for over a year and we'd never met and so he came um, and met me in the summer and uh, and so that was the first time that we'd met and, and then you've cut his head off i'm just like it doesn't matter about him it's all about me <laughs> and my big head <laughs> sorry sam again <laughs> i don't know it'll get over it but yeah what a what a picture <laughs> i was trying to find another one of you there was one of you and pearl and i was like i'm trying to get i was like i can't move pearl out sam will have to go yeah sam will have to go for the minute yeah <laughs> died like my sidekick <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right and you so you've been working for this naked mind you've been sober for just over three years You've got three kids. You're building a wonderful business. I love Ellie. She's an amazing coach. And she, she and I have been friends since we did our training together. And we have some really great conversations. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring Ellie on today was to talk about some of the things that we find interesting and some of the things that I think people who follow me in the Midlife AF podcast will find interesting as well because a lot of the time we're talking about something that just seems to be so common um, with women and drinking and that it's so often that people pleasing suppression of self that we've done for years and years and years and years and it's that transition from ignoring ourselves not really being connected being massively disconnected from ourselves mm. to being to reconnecting with ourselves yeah and, and i wondered if we might talk a little bit about that you might tell me about your story with regards to that or anything that you had to offer mm. Mm. yeah yeah this is i think one of my favorite subjects because when i removed alcohol i kind of got got past that like initial like the newness of it the like yeah. oh revelation there was kind of this big realization of just how disconnected i was from myself yeah. and i think that that can be quite affronting and mm. part of these small women's groups is because people do have that excitement and they do have that elation at feeling so much better without poisoning themselves but then there is this like well hang on a minute this is all i've known and why do I feel so uncomfortable in my own skin? So it's it probably, I think, the most important subject. And the journey back home, back to self, is, it's, it's wonderful. 
yeah, it's hard. Yes, it's um, it's all kinds of messy. The word you used earlier on, and it's um, it, it's challenging, but it's it's wondrous. Like this, this is what life in this these human bodies. That's what it's mm -hmm. about. About this coming home. You know, we we start off so connected to ourselves, like we, um, you know, in utero. Well, like yeah. imagine what it's like like that oneness is there like you, you don't know anything else and then you know we're thrown out into this thrown out you know into into this world where we then over time just and it's sad it's really sad to watch like yeah. bit by bit and i see it with my kids like yeah begin with when they're really little and they they're, they're just all self mm. entirely self and then they they start to become sensitive to being in these human bodies and having this primal need that we have for connection and survival and so bit by bit we start to give ourselves away and the, the thing that i was contemplating this morning was that it feels like there's like that i think that happens to everybody to a degree you know because we're um uh, you know cultural beings we we live in um a society with others so naturally everybody's going to have their own experience of that to a lesser or greater degree and and i think you have to be you have to feel very secure and very safe in yourself to not stray too far if that makes sense and so i i think that certainly what happened in my own story is there was some childhood trauma there mm. my um if you know we, we know we talk about aces you know adverse childhood yeah. my aces were high yeah. and reflecting back, back i can see that those those things that happened to me or the things that didn't happen for me that should have happened for me have contributed to this um greater potentially a greater degree of separation from self yeah. uh not feeling um comfortable being myself thinking at, at a very deep level and this isn't conscious necessarily but feeling that you're not good enough that there's something wrong with you yeah. and certainly that would be a conscious thought at times but this this is like it's like this insipid yeah. very deep like annoying away at you and when i think back to myself as like a five six seven year old god i could cry like mm -hmm. feeling that yeah like th th this is the age of my kids right now like yeah. a boy would think that there's something wrong with him that he's less than that he's not good enough like it, it breaks my heart and that's that's how i felt that's how i felt as a kid and as uh, as we start to um, you know try and find a way to exist and survive, we adopt responses, and typically that will be the freeze response. And then as we move into adolescence, it's no wonder then that we adopt these behaviours, over drinking being one of them, yeah. to try and feel okay to try and cope and like i remember 
I like I drank way underage. I was probably drinking when I was about thirteen or fourteen. And I remember just just how free I felt mm. because I was temporarily transported away from this intense not good enoughness. Yeah. Now of course it doesn't last. And the experience when we're early on in our drinking careers versus towards the end is is obviously very different. Again, yeah. you haven't built tolerance and so on. Uh, but it, it strikes me that there's this there's these contributing factors to how disconnected we are from ourselves. Mm. And so if I think from that point on, from kind of the teenagers up until the point that I had children, I con I just considered myself a big social drinker. Yeah. And uh, during that time, I I just don't think I liked myself very much, and that that whole that that feeling of not good enoughness, something being wrong with me was pervasive, and it would seep into everything. So I would have like you know on the outside to everybody else, you know I had a good job, and um, I met um, uh, a husband, and you know we had a lovely relationship, and so outwardly and lots of friends and you know yeah. extrovert doing lots of social things so on the outside it all looks very yeah what, what a great life she has but on the inside I was just tearing myself apart yeah. day after day after. and I don't think then I was using alcohol as a means to numb that necessarily but in the same way as when I took my first drink at you know in my teenagers yeah. it, it was an effect for sure you, you know you yeah. get that, that feeling or illusion of, of relief yeah. so I was just completely lost in that like the best way I could describe it is it's like sleepwalking being like completely disconnected from myself and from what life's really about yeah. just just kind of getting by but not in a like it didn't on the outside it didn't feel like that it felt like this this is just what life is and yeah. um you know a lot Oh, this isn't happening at a conscious level it's yeah. kind of the, the driver behind and the thing that i think is really interesting about when we get into caregiving yeah. whether it is with kids or whether it is with aging parents or anybody else in our lives i think that then um, does a couple of things i think it accelerates this disconnection from self yeah. because you are so focused you have to be so focused on who you're giving care to mm. and inevitably then you get further lost in you know any like any chance i had of self-discovery and like i just i've got no time for it no time yeah really no time <laughs> uh, so i think that that's one thing that's happening is this this acceleration of it and then the other thing that I think is happening is this pain, painful, rude awakening that comes to all of us at a juncture. Yeah. So I, I battled on with hormonal difficulties, sleep deprivation, no social support, yeah. drinking to um, self-medicate effectively, to relax, to escape, yeah. to numb, to check out at the end of the day. Yeah. Did that for quite a few years and you could say that it was successful for a period but, you know mm. kept it going. absolutely but 
there came a point where it just wasn't tolerable anymore. Yeah. I was worried about my health. I was worried about the amount that I was drinking. I, but, but at the same time, I was terrified of not having that. Um, somebody else earlier this, this week in this conversation about Valium and, and alcohol and other substances like that, I was saying, like, I was terrified of not having that. Like, what happens, yeah. if, you, what happens if it doesn't work? Yeah. So it never crossed my mind that removing alcohol was an option. So I was stuck in that cycle that I think so many of us get stuck in of trying to moderate your drinking. Yeah. Oh, I, I need this. I can't give this up entirely because I need it. I've given it certain jobs to do. Yeah. Oh, and what were the jobs for you, Elle? What were the jobs? They helped you. What did it help you do? It, it, the main thing, the, the, the main thing was relaxation. Yeah. And, and uh, under the umbrella of relaxation was escape. Like I, I would get up on a morning, probably with a, a low level, low grade hangover, yeah. um, having not slept the night before. I breastfed all three yeah. children did breastfeeding yeah. up in the middle of one i mean she just she didn't sleep till she was three Who's so I'd be that like, yeah, that's bloody noah <laughs> Ooh. But I, but I love her but dear yeah me. same with daisy i would be up multiple times a night and yeah. anybody been through this i mean people that haven't been through it probably like i don't think you can really appreciate it but if you have been through any degree of it you know how fucking debilitating it is. Yeah. So I wake up on a morning and God, I could cry now thinking about it. Like how I used to feel every fucking morning, I would wake up and I'd be so fucking tired. So like my nervous system ragged. Yeah, you would be. Uh, I'd be tired, but wired, wired. like just running around about all of the things that I've got to do and yeah. worrying about all the things that might happen and the things that might go wrong and um, spinning around on that not good enoughness you know yeah. or uh, you know I, I'm like I I'm not I'm not a good enough parent I'm not a good enough mum yeah. I'm not giving them enough of my time or yeah. uh, the happening you know for uh, I'm not working my business hard enough you know all of the stuff yeah. so wake up with that having not had and i didn't realize this i wasn't having proper sleep throughout the night and then i would yeah. be waking because of the levels of stress hormones in the body from yeah. drinking i'd wake up and i would just I'd, I'd lay there like oh my god like i have to get up and i don't want to like i, I physically don't feel like i can get up but i have to and then feeling the you know that shitty hangover feeling that stays with you and think oh right well i can't i'm gonna have to have an earlier night tonight and i'm not gonna drink and you know all of that all the promises yeah. work your way through the day going to you know i used to haul my ass to all these baby groups and toddler groups oh, yeah. and some of the thing inside loved it i did i really did but there was so i went to and I'd be like, you know, time to sing yeah. and time to sing. Oh my God, we did that together. Yeah. That's so funny, Al. Lizzie loved it. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Where's she hiding? Uh, oh my God, another thing we've done that's the same. That's so funny. 
hungover is um, sometimes it's fucking soul destroying. And uh, and I, I remember sitting at like, the kids would do gymnastics and I'd go and, and I'd be sitting there with all these other mums and hearing them talk about what's going on in their lives and just feeling like, I just don't fucking fit in here. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm I fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I don't mean I hate having children and I hate yeah, no. experience, but there are times where it's, it, it, hard, it, it's hard and it's, it's okay really to to fucking hate it sometimes yeah. uh, particularly when we don't realize quite innocently we're stuck in this cycle yeah. where we're inadvertently making it worse for ourselves. worse for ourselves so for me alcohol it felt like you know i get to the end of the day and then i'd start to get that like that little feeling of like the hangovers worn off oh well you know oh, you could do a little one it'll just you know. <laughs> and so I'd, I'd be desperate to get the kids in bed because then it, it was like I could have some me time. So to me, alcohol, it was, it was very much, it was really, other than yoga, it was my only method of self-care. And, and when I think like that, it's, it makes me feel really sad. Mm. You know, I, I remember going to, uh, I had a really good CBT therapist at one point. And I remember going back to see him um, and, so I'd seen him initially, he'd really helped me with my anxiety. And after the passage, there was a passage of time and I was having some hormonal difficulties and I didn't understand what was going on and I didn't necessarily recognize it as hormonal difficulties. I just yeah. didn't feel my And I went to him looking for help and he, and he said, look, you know, there's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You, you need some help, you need some social support, you need somebody to take your kids, you need somebody to do your ironing for you, you need a break. Yeah. With all of world, I, I can't help you with, with those things. Yeah. And he started talking you know, like how, what, what's your self-care? And I remember sitting in his office and I was just really embarrassed because I thought, well, what, what do I do? And I was like, can I tell him that I drink? Like that that's how I, yeah. how I look after myself self that and yoga like it just and 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 the daft thing was i remember i used to drive to i had to drive to go and see him or i would drive to go to my yoga class and on the way i would either go and stop the there's like a co-op or <clears throat> a garage that stocked this particular wine that i liked and i would go and i'd buy like six bottles at a time you know and it'd be like oh that'll get me through the week but it yeah. wouldn't of course it would yeah. probably three days three days yeah because <laughs> they've already seen me once this week you know yeah. six bottles or somewhere else but it yeah. i mean it was was niggling away at me this whole thing like you go into your yoga class and you're uh you're stalking this deep spiritual connection yeah, yeah you're, you're then like any good any benefit from that you're washing it away in, you know, Italian garvey. You know, it, it just, it's just awful. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to mention within this, because um, I've, <laughs> I've got a bit of a, I don't know how to say this without like being um, a, a really quite kind of scathing. But do you, have you ever come across a book uh, called Hurrah for Gin. Oh, I, is that, 
somebody bought one friend of mine actually and apologies friend if for any reason you <laughs> bought me that one it bought me two books just before i stopped drinking called it was the reason mummy likes gin do you know that it was the same it was like cartoony is that yes. the same thing i think it's it's possibly the same thing or the re reason mummy yeah. drinks or something like that yeah a similar sort of thing yeah and the the reason i bring this up is because um and, and by the way, I think the intention behind it is nothing but good. So I, like, I want to say that. However, however, when I was stuck in that place of, you know, going to sing and sign and, you know, wishing that I was dead some days. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that made drinking okay was, oh, everybody does this. Everybody oh. else does it. So, so when, when I'm saying like it's okay to hate parenting sometimes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. But the thing that I really um, insidious with this hurrah for gin business is that it's play. It, it's kind of hooking people in with the oh yeah, it like let, let's all let's all co commune around how parenting is really terrible at times and, and 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 i love the levity of it by the way i love the yeah. like, like little stick drawings of what it's like to yes. be a... yes yeah but it's having people commune around that which you know when we when we don't feel alone anymore and we can start to vocalize the yeah you know uh, jesse cat might not be my favorite person and you know like when we yeah. when we can the um just the, the 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 real truth and our own feelings and vulnerability around parenting and our lives that's a great thing but the problem is that it's it's very much linked with this message of and the solution is is yeah you drink let's cheer for gin yes yeah. yes but at least we've got gin at the end of the day now that for me let me off the hook oh well it's okay because everybody does it and in the that's fine but the problem with giving a free pass to alcohol as a solution is we build a tolerance it's an addictive drug it's a highly addictive drug it's one of the most addictive drugs so when particularly when you use it as a means of um, medication self-medicating yeah. easing discomfort is probably a better way of putting it then you are going to develop a, a, a tolerance and need more of it more quickly to achieve the same effect. And so your descent is faster, much, much faster. Yeah. And so whilst the intention behind Hurrah for Gin and others is probably, you know, very, very good and innocent, it's, it, it frightens me the impact the inadvertently i'm sure is ha like it's having on 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 people because i that would that kept me stuck that kept yeah. me, i'm not blaming the author no, no. No. but it made it okay and by the way it is okay until it's not like i you know i i managed yeah. to get myself out of it <laughs> both know that it's affect this this whole situation is affecting millions of people on a daily basis and it's not just the person it's the children it's the families the employers 
society as a whole. Yeah. You know, coach women who have very, um, very high, um, uh, you know, degrees of complexity in their life and very big jobs. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've coached women who are, who are doctors and haven't got anyone to go and ask, ask for help because yeah. they're, they're, they're afraid of being struck off. Yeah. And they've got young children and they're struggling to be able to function you know they're headed towards physical dependency on alcohol yeah. how right like we can't say that's okay it's not okay yeah. it destroys lives yeah. you know it's just reserved for the homeless person that's on the street and yeah. you know there's some and it affects us all in exactly the same way that's and that's the other thing about it isn't it it's that kind of when we're all coming together under a fitting in banner of alcohol, we're almost othering yes. as well. Anyone who doesn't fit in there, which is why, you know, so many people are like, I just want to be normal, especially if you come from like so many of us do a place of lack of self-worth mm. where fitting in is so important that to not be normal or to not appear to be normal mm. is very hard, hard mm. very mm. very hard and feels like abandonment feels like rejection yeah. from the tribe you know mm. Mm. it does it does and so and, and we end up we, we end up just feeling so so lost so even within that um or okay, seeming okayness i knew deep down yeah. cognitive level but at a very deep level i yeah. knew this wasn't yeah. okay yeah. Uh, and, and actually i also knew deep down that i was okay and that i was good enough and all of those things yes but but i i would have never been able to recognize that and particularly in that cycle of drinking we don't have the opportunity for mental clarity yeah. uh, i always when I describe <clears throat> uh, like drinking and yoga to people, like my yoga practice, and I don't just mean my physical yeah. practice, I'm in my, my yoga practice in its entirety, it was severely limited because I didn't have mental clarity when I was drinking. So they were only so far that I could go. And, uh, and and so what's been really interesting these last three years is just what's opened up for me in my own spiritual journey because I am making that radical choice to not avoid or check out of certain parts of my life. And so this is, this is the, you know, when we remove alcohol, I think this is the, the, the awakening. This is the, you know we've got this opportunity to rediscover self and the bit that we need to know is that that is born out of pain that's born out of suffering so when you know if you feel like i did at that point of like just i don't know i just felt just completely lost i remember thinking like this can't be life like yeah this can't be it but I didn't know what to do about it. I just, my confidence was undermined. I'd, I was stagnating professionally, personally. 
I just didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. That, the, the, the thing that's wonderful about that pain and that suffering is that that, it's that very thing that then frees us. Yes. So I, I love, I was joking to somebody the other day, shall I tell you a secret? When, you know, when we did the alcohol experiment yeah. as participants, yeah. so I remember getting on the bandwagon for Quitlet at the time, and yeah. uh, there was a bunch of um, books that were um, freshly out then, so Quit Like a Woman, yeah. and um, We Are the Luckiest. Yes. Buying all these books up, and then we went into coach training, and so all of the Quitlet actually never got read yeah. because I was consumed with coach yeah. training and read yeah. other yeah. books and so my my guilty secret is that i've not actually read all of we are the luckiest <laughs> but but i um i have devoured laura mccallan's podcasts podcasts i love i love yeah. her book i only just read it read quite recently oh, have you well it's yeah, interesting only just, only just i've read because i all i read was this naked mind and quit like a woman Mm. And that was it. And now I'm I'm kind of embarrassed because I haven't read anybody's books. <laughs> so yeah. I'm starting to buy them. <laughs> so that I can read them. Yeah. <laughs> I I I really um you know, I, I love Laura's work and, and felt a lot of guilt over not having read the entirety of her book. But the point of bringing it up is the, that just that title alone says everything we are so you because of the pain like when, when we can get into a position where we recognize that our pain and suffering is happening for us mm. then something shifts and that is all to action that is your call to this wondrous journey of heading back towards self and recognizing who and what you truly are that's a beautiful place for us to pop out oh, there. Hello, how are you doing? That was uh, she's sober from Sydney. I was like, oh, I know that person. <laughs> uh, you know who that is? That's um, Isabella or Megan. They're um, the Snake of Mind coaches, isn't it? Yeah, so grow a growing number of us, hey? I know. Mm. I know. That's a beautiful place for us to kind of probably wrap a little bit up because I think. It's truly, it's very true, isn't it? It's that, I mean, for me, me it was 100%. The rediscovery of self was like, hi, Megan, how are you going? Um, the rediscovery of self was, I was like, shit, this is not the person I thought I was at all. It was like far out. The last three years, I was just like discovering this little six-year-old kid uh, who, was completely different to who I'd been from like 13 yeah. to 46 and it's it's almost like, like I'm stepping into a completely new life with this new with this person who I'd created this whole different persona to be <laughs> 100% I mean well you know you, you know what's going on in my life right yeah. now right so you know, I I never would have, like, I couldn't foresee what was going to happen. But, and, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm going through a separation from my husband and it's, and it's extremely, extremely sad. Uh, 
but it's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary. Yeah. Not just for me, for him, for our children. Yeah. There's something on the other side. Like I, and I don't regret anything. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we, uh, we've had a wonderful life together. Yes. And, and whereas when I was younger, I sort of believed that, you know, you had to kind of stick through because yeah. my parents, for everything and i don't i don't believe in that anymore i in this world is in this world of form is is transient and and temporary and impermanent and um relationships are not immune to that either and so very necessary thing it doesn't make it any less uh um, difficult to deal with you know it's, it's very it's very hard but it's part of this um uh this this recognition that um just as you said like i'm I'm not i'm not the same person and that person was actually a i mean all of our ego is um our egoic nature is uh constructed but the the constructed person before the the drinking constructed person constructed person before wasn't ever like really me that just yeah and it, and it feels really bizarre to say it yeah so it's it's like i'm having this opportunity to um like start from scratch to live my life yeah. be the person for, you know in, whilst i'm in this human body be the person that i truly am That's uh, exactly it. and it's and, almost like you can't not right because what was the point of being of our essence of self anyway if we're not gonna give a shot at doing it real Mm. Mm. it's really interesting you say that i think it's really really interesting because i think that's the journey and that's the wonderful thing about this journey Mm. is that Mm. rediscovery of self and and standing next to her, whereas before we were, you know, because we were too little to know any better and the world was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. but standing next to her and saying, in all your, whatever, I'm here. Yeah. And, and we're, we're doing, gonna do this together and I'm gonna stand next to you and it's, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and a, big, a, a big thing that helps with that is connecting to what we truly are so not not you know your eminence or my elliness but this you know universal um you know know, this divine consciousness that the 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 bit the only bit that is real and when when we can connect with that then you know, a lot of the, the other, it just drops away. Like it, it, yeah. it, it, it's not, that's not real. Yeah. Um, but watching this place it is real. It, it feels uh, like that. I was thinking this morning that and this is probably a better way of describing it. So I was going, going through some, um, just, just some, just some difficulties in my own human experience, and my feelings and what have you. And we, we can get pulled down down into particularly with self-talk yeah. and thoughts thought form 
we can get stuck in cycles of energy that aren't helpful and and, and that might look, look look something like oh god the house still hasn't sold yet and oh i've got too many things to do not enough time you know we there's just iterations of whatever the things are and uh i i was practicing i was in a physical yoga practice and the, and the energy started to move and the tears just were coming and so i let them and when i then became still at the end of it the the way that i oriented myself was go to the part of you that is always okay so when on the outside when when we seemingly like within this world of problems and i've got all of these things and all of these issues there is always always a part of you that is okay yeah. and it's finding that part of you yes. aligning with it um being there more regularly that's the practice fascinating isn't it it's such an interesting journey i now like why wouldn't you want to do this this is so cool like we get to do this big adventure into all this stuff and finding out and finding who your people are and connecting and it's so awesome and difficult and it those is. two things can exist <laughs> together right? yeah they can but look, there's limitless possibility you know yeah. we how often we put limitations on ourselves oh well i can't do that because oh well it's all right for them because no no, no. Yeah. anything's possible anything's right. possible that's right and that's one of the reasons al that i love you as a coach and i love you as a friend because i know when i come to you with my bullshit <laughs> about what i can't do <laughs> <laughs> you're just like no nah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friend. She's Ellie is if you ever get the opportunity to work with her in any of her capacities, she's phenomenal. Spiritual, clever, hellish funny, very funny. <laughs> um, and it's just one of the best people in the world, in my humble opinion. Um oh. Thank you. That's but right. you know what? It, like, it, you know, I um, I absolutely adore you as a friend, and uh, you are also a phenomenal coach, and have helped me enormously along the way. And uh, that it's just funny how you make these connections with people in your life. That, like, cause you and I haven't met yet. We're about to meet. You and I haven't met yet. Yet you can so so close yeah. and so connected like a really really deep level mm. and so much so that like I, <laughs> I, was, I was describing you to um, a friend of mine the other day and i was saying she's coming over to um to see me in april and we've got this wonderful trip to the spa planned and i've got these lovely treatments planned and so we're going to have these really lovely massages and then we're going to have cryotherapy because <laughs> she loves the coffee I said, and this is how much of a friend she is. This is how close we are. This is how connected we're going to go and have a colonic together as well. <laughs> like, like, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> but this is the thing I knew you would be. This is <laughs> terrified. The part of me that 
doesn't want to have this done but then a part of me that is like really curious about <laughs> and the fact I feel the same way so if I was ever going to have one in my life it would be with you yes. so then it will be perfect it will be perfect but we could then we can we can have a big long conversation about oh, oh possibly not for now uh but how exactly mechanically it's going to work you know <laughs> But yeah. yes, I am so excited because I'm going to England in April to see my mum and also to spend a couple of days at this amazing place with Ellie, which I'm so excited about. And we're having a colonoscopy to get to no, colonoscopy, a colonic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's more. <laughs> that's more. Me we could have that as well. That's a we could have it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure everything's all right. It's gone offline now. It's gone silly now. It's <laughs> I used the wrong words. My menopausal brain went I'm just gonna use the wrong word right now. <laughs> I think I'll know what you meant. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on it. <laughs> my goodness. Um my lovely friend Pam's just joined too. She says, What have you been on? Well Pam <laughs> Um <laughs> the lovely Emma and I are going to have a spend a, a lovely um a lovely few days together doing some interesting treatments yes the lovely Pam is in uh she was actually in one of my small groups Aww. so they are small groups and she's in Miami and one of my favorite places I promise that I'm so there's another trip for us so you and I oh. could go trip and go and visit visit my friend Pam. That sounds um, amazing. And maybe we could all have a colonoscopy together. No? Yeah, Pam, you up for a, a colonoscopy? <laughs> we'll see. Perfect. <laughs> um, so my dear friend Ellie, you, sound, you said like you're, are you leading a group in February? Do you want to tell everybody about that and where they can find you and mm, anything well, else that you want to share about yourself and your where to find you thank you yes so the the small group so small women's group there's going to be uh, possibly two of them i usually run two because the demand is high off the back of january so this is for you if you have taken a break from alcohol i usually say like 30 days ish so it's it's not necessarily that you're alcohol free and um like the i'm never going to drink again it's more having like having dipped a toe become interested want to continue on but not sure how to do it and you want to do it in a collective with other women so as i said earlier it's all about learning how to regulate the nervous system how to process emotion going through all of the firsts the first girls night out the first birthday the first holiday in a, a lovely group of other women so there's uh, seven other women or the seven women in a group we get together and coaching call every week and then we we have daily contact in between so it's a really it's a really wonderful way to um just build friendship and connection around something that you know th th this discovery that we're talking about this rediscovery of self doing that in a in a really safe caring nurturing environment and the wonderful thing is that um within these groups they 
continue on as friendship groups way after the program and i've seen my ladies get together you know across the pond and all sorts of things so it's re just really really lovely so th those groups are starting in uh, on the 1st of february i've not advertised them yet so actually this <laughs> yeah. you guys know even before my, my email list uh but if you're interested in a spot in one of those groups uh you can either dm me or if you head to my bio there will be a link on there that you can click a just book a 15 minute call with me and then i can um, tell you a bit more about the group and we can check out and see if it's a good fit so that's kind of the main thing that's going on uh sam and i are uh, going to be running another version of uh, the stay stopped solution that'll be coming up in february too and for anything around that then your best place to head is the podcast so the present and sober podcast. and that's on all the main channels so spotify google apple podcasts go check us out on there they're all about stay stopped as well it's a it's a great podcast i recommend it to everybody it's so good and the both of them are just so joyously happy to be alcohol free and really come from that it's not a deprivation at all it's a, just a bloody why would you not kind of thing which i love so much um and they get some great guests on as well so i highly recommend both sam and ellie they're just awesome people um and what's the podcast called again now the present and sober podcast and as em says it's all about how can we make our lives bigger so um we talk all about i mean alcohol's involved but there's so many other subjects and we've had had everybody from annie grace has been on jolene park's been on william porter loads we have loads of really interesting emma emma gilmore i was gonna say excuse me i think you've forgotten the most <laughs> what's funny about that you were one of our most listened to episodes i think you were above were you above I did win a prize. I don't know if it was a runner-up prize, but I definitely got a prize. You're in top five. So enough. I got a badge. It was very nice. Yeah, it was a wonderful episode. So yeah, we've got a massive now, massive back catalogue of episodes to go and listen to. So there's everything from you know how do I deal with triggers and cravings to um, you know getting close to like well, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's real? Um, so there's, there's and we've got some really interesting stuff coming up to um some stuff around adhd and oh, brilliant yeah um some really really interesting guests so yeah come and join us we've got a little community i say a little community i keep calling it a little community it's a few thousand people in a group so come and join that too on facebook um yeah it's uh, it's all good yeah. and i just saw um, Sam said uh <laughs> ellie she's you in. said she's in she's like go on let's book it that's it that's it. You and I go into our second. To Miami. <laughs> Girls on tour. For, for colostomy. Colostomy. <laughs> no. It's not a colostomy. It's a colonic. On that note. <laughs> so sorry, everyone. Sorry, I'm menopausal and I just can't find the words. It's embarrassing. No, but it is it's not what it is it's life isn't it at the end of the day em all of these words are made up anyway yes all made up exactly apologies to anybody that i might have offended through the <laughs> use of the incorrect words for stuff i'm really sorry it's not done intentionally 
It's been beautiful hanging out with you, my dear friend. I will um, have a quick natter with you when we finish. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It's such a privilege to be with you um, in this space. Thank you. And thanks for sharing yourself with us, precious lady. Thank you so much. And it's just, you know, what, what you are doing in this world is incredible, Emma. It really is. I'm so proud of you. It really is phenomenal and you, you have a really you know like the, there are as we know now the, the this movement's growing rapidly and the wonderful thing about annie's coach training is so many coaches so much variety everybody's so different and you you are just like stand out like there there's nobody like you there's nobody like you and, and nobody's doing anything like you're doing so i just um it's been a thrill and a delight to watch you grow and when you mentioned about launching your podcast i was just delighted and the, the cover of your podcast is my favorite i think picture versus this one <laughs> i was really like i'm not gonna do that one and then i was just like that's my favorite one i've got to do it <laughs> all right thanks so much albel i've created something new if you're really keen to do the 30-day Aussie alcohol experiment, but you can't wait until March for the next live version, or even if you just prefer not to work in a group, if you'd rather just connect if you want to to the free Facebook group that's available and just do the work in your own time, I am launching my new self-paced Aussie alcohol experiment and it's launching in December. You'll get the da same daily amazing scientific compassion-led resource-filled daily videos from me with journaling prompts and that will come into your email box just like it would in the live um, great Aussie alcohol experiment. But this time, it's something that you can do at your own pace, at your own time, fitting in with your busy life. Um, I just wanted to be able to bring this to people at this time of year at a lower price point um, because the data in here is so incredible. Um, that, And I know that at this time of year, it can be very busy with holidays and everything. And trying to schedule coaching calls might be just too much. So I encourage you to, it's only $47, join up, spend 30 days with me, not in person but on video, and do the journaling prompts and just could change your life. Everybody that I speak to who changes their relationship with alcohol cannot believe the difference in this methodology, the lack of deprivation, the choice. And, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is to make alcohol a small and irrelevant part of your life. So the link's in your show notes. I'd love for you guys to join up and spend 30 days with me and experience the transformation that I experienced when I did this program myself back in January 2020.
All right, my lovelies, take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you. Thank you.